Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host Ryan here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find The Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6NERDS5. Oh man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016. Log on to com to get your tickets today. That's coming up really soon. Three three months? Three months? June? March, April, May, June. Yeah. So, hey, I can count. I'm pretty good at it. You I, can use a calendar. I can. It's like, it's like built onto my phone. <laughs> I am so excited, Brad, because... Every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw The Witch. And I really want the ep- this name of this episode to be The Biatch. <laughs> but I want it to be B-E-E-Y-O-T-C-H. You know, because I think it's funny. Okay. Sweet. I got nothing else. Yeah. The Bitch is like the obvious one. Yeah. But if you do, change a bit. Yeah. Or you could do Thy Bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's old timey talking. Get it? Yep. I was there. I saw it. And we'll, we'll tell you about it later. We will. Um, I'm Brad, by the way. Hi, Brad. How's it going today? Uh, not bad. Yeah, how the I'm heck back. are you, buddy? Keep missing weeks, but because I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm busy. busy doing stuff. You are. I just got back from Geek Bowl. Yeah, and a disappointing ex- showing at Geek Bowl. Yeah, but again, Geek Bowl, it's the fun of playing it because it's like this big Where performance event. It was at the DU Magnus Center. I was going to say, because I... Reckon, on the ice. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, wow, they have like a huge scoreboard. Yeah, it, it was sweet. Like, as far as the performance... Like watching all the stuff and like the live entertainment, it was great. And like the scores are easy to read. We we were like next to the stage and the the big you know HD board was above us. And so how do you run up all your answers because there's so many teams? Are just type them in and it's sent to them? Or how no, you write on sheets and then they have tons of geeks who drink employees who come by all the tables and collect mm. all the sheets. So you just throw it up in the air until they come by. So um, you got. 150th place or something like that. 146th. Um, what did <laughs> out you, of 230. What did you win? Nothing. What do you win if you win first place? You get ten grand. Ten grand and a team from Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas took it. Wow. Yeah. So and people then, fly out from Arkansas to be in this. Yeah. Wow. Vancouver, uh, Texas. So what's second place? Second place, I think, got seven grand, and then third place got five. Damn. So and that's of course you know how much does it cost to get in? Uh, I think it's like twenty-seven bucks. So basically, it's just one hundred fifty bucks a team. Yeah. That's not bad. So and you get tons of great entertainment like. Uh, they had a a metal mariachi band playing like in between a number of rounds. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's beer and stuff you can drink and eat, and uh, I had pizza and pretzels, and because oh, nice. it's like the Magnus Center, so they have all like the 
regular so, sports so, concessions. Oh, so they're just, they're just open. Yeah. Because there, I guess there's thousands of people there. Yeah, I think there's 1,400. Oh, nice. Um, but the like, yeah, so the, and they had like little skits uh, to like during the questions. Like they had a homecoming <laughs> play that they performed. <laughs> and like after each like mini dialogue, they had a question appear on the board related to what the, what just happened. Um, the worst part though is um, in the bag of dicks round, <laughs> They halted the quiz and then passed out these paper bags, and we were told not to open them until like they said so. And once they were finally done getting them to all the people in the arena, inside the bags were candles shaped like dicks. Nice. And they all had different scents, and you had to guess what the scents were. <laughs> so it's like fourteen hundred people dick. putting dick candles up their faces, <laughs> and you know we're sniffing these, and we well, look they... over, and the camera guys like in our faces, like up. Oh, this is embarrassing when they make the video <laughs> for next year. What do they smell like? Ah, they were awful. Like I got a headache because not like vanilla. They had they a, smell like ball sweat. <laughs> it was like Heinz ketchup, nacho oh. cheese, um, Chardonnay. Oh, what else? Obviously, they're just novelties because there's no Jasmine. Way would burn those. The the guy who runs it says like one person spent months making them themselves. So they don't they know like a candle maker, but. Mm. I, they had to have just bought them somewhere. Interesting. That can't be true. <laughs> but yeah, the list was like 20 options, but you had to narrow it down between. So there was like fake options. So you had to weed out and it was horrendous to, <laughs> experience to go through. And you also uh, went back to open screen night, right? Yeah, we did open screen night at the C Film Center and we had like 70 people show up and we ran late. So we'll be taking less stuff next month because um, there was a mix up between how long we could so what's your involvement in it now? I basically just program, take take the submissions, and then uh, verify, hey, we, we're showing yours, so show up. And then I make the discs so it plays. And, cool. Um, yeah. So we haven't got confirmed if we'll be doing the April show yet, but it seems highly likely. So Very nice. Yeah. I think I think the C has good popcorn, too. Oh, yeah. I miss I didn't renew my, my membership there, though, so I don't get, like, the free popcorn. <laughs> but... Last year, I only went to, like, I think maybe one movie there. So oh, bummer. It wasn't worth paying 60 bucks. No. So, anywho. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, what have you been up to? Um, you did a ride-along? I did do a ride-along. <laughs> was Ice Cube your... Yeah. And I was like, we're brothers-in-law now. <laughs> Stop that. That's my Ice Cube. That's all I got. That's all right. <laughs> but I'm really excited, Brad. Are they going to hire you? Uh, Probably. Good. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they, uh, the guy, the officer I did a ride along with, um, make sure you bleep out <laughs> the officer I did a ride along with. You didn't have to say it, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it would be funny. Um, anyways, uh, he's one of, he's worked there the longest and he's going to recommend me for the job. So cool. Hopefully we'll see. I won't say I have one until I have a badge in my hand <laughs> because the process is long and it takes forever. Is the salary pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually pretty. A lot is it better than restaurant work? Oh, <laughs> it's like going exactly evenly across. Yeah, at least you have to deal with asshole. Well, <laughs> no, that's all you deal with. Um, we we de- dealt with a lot. We made we pulled this uh, gang member over. He was going ninety down I seventy, and when we came back to give him his ticket, he was crying. I think you're allowed to talk about that case. <laughs> you can. Oh, you can. All right. Yeah. Anytime you, uh, anytime something's, anything happens, you can log on to wherever you're at, and it's public record. Oh, okay. Or you can just play music over this last part. <laughs> and we're back. 
Um, no, no. The real reason I'm excited is we got a voicemail. Oh, we did. We did. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's listen to it. Yeah, this is Tom at Midas. Uh, looking for Brent. Uh, if you could give me a call, three zero three six eight eight six six one five. Thanks. Bye. Wow. Yes. I really got my hopes up on that one. That we someone finally would call in. I know. We've had this number for four or five years now, and we get calls just every once in a while. And I think we've personally used it the most. But maybe this episode should be brought to you by Midas. <laughs> Trust the Midas touch. Trust the Midas touch. <laughs> uh, I think it's funny that the dude still left the message. What if he's like, yeah, I, I know, because your wife like an- her yeah. answers it. Yeah. I wonder if like at some con, someone like to get out of something, they use <laughs> our number. Do, probably do. <laughs> As a fake number to like, That'd oh, yeah, awesome. totally, dude. Here's my number. It'd be way cooler if it was a woman who gave it to a man at the bar and yeah. <laughs> left a message for her. That's all I want. Yeah. So, ladies, you can use Real Nerds Podcast phone number. Some guy at Midas is like hitting on customers. And <laughs> oh, my God. Just fix the car. Let me go. So, uh, 720-6Nerds5. And, ladies, you can use that to give out for fake numbers because I think it'd be a really funny thing. The anti-skis hotline. Yes. Um, anyways, we also talk about movie news, um, stuff that's coming out, um, stuff we've been watching. Uh, we're a movie podcast. We have lot, lots of fun. Um, me and Brad go back very long ways watching movies. That's right. And um, yeah, we have like twenty years of movie watching experience. <laughs> we do. Forty between us. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Just together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all we do. Yeah, and we saw The Witch this week. Did you say that already? Yeah, because remember I said we needed to name it the Biatch. I think that's before we got on, on the. Was it before we got on? I don't know. My, I'm getting old. My memory is yeah. terrible. Or is it? Should we call it the Biatch or thy bitch? <laughs> I like thy bitch. I think. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see. We'll ha- see how how. <laughs> Stay this, tuned. This episode turns out by the end. Uh, real nerds, listeners. Um, the, our favorite place to see movies in Colorado is the Alamo Draft House. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House next week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Ron Stark. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Last time I saw you, I played it cool. Now someone's been I'm telling you right up front. Burn off your cell phone. Don't talk. Don't text. Don't build a birdhouse. Don't be a Foley artist. Quit asking your girlfriend what she had on her salad. Okay, is it your living room? If you drop a text during the film, I will punch you. You can find out who they are and then go cut their tongue out. Have a good watch. Bye. All right, I said what you want me to say. Will you release me now? Uh, the BBS story continues with the King of Marvin Gardens. Like the Monopoly game? They made a movie of that? I have no idea. <laughs> um, Princess Mononoke is going to be playing. Nice. Days of Heaven. That's a criterion I, I know of. <laughs> Haven't seen. Uh, the Graveyard Shift is the New York Ripper. I saw a trailer for that while I was there. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. How does it look? Like a 70s horror slasher. <laughs> nice. Kumiko, the treasure hunter, with David and Nathan Zellner. Okay. Um, Strozak with David and Nathan Zellner. Do you think that's how you say that? Strozak. What's 
Uh, Stro check, maybe? Stro check. Something. It looks foreign. Yep. So it's an artsy movie, I bet. <laughs> the Moulin Rouge sing-along, which I know you'll be dressing up for. Oh, totally. Uh, the Labyrinth Quote Along, which I'll be dressing up for. <laughs> You're a big David Bowie fan. <laughs> I am. And um, The Mother and the Whore. I don't know what that is. That's an interesting title to have plastered around. I think it's a life story of Mother Teresa, but I could be wrong. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> that sounds familiar. I was totally just making a joke. <laughs> I guess we could do some research. We could. We have smartphones, but yeah. that would um, take too long. No, I mean, you can... Um, what else can we talk about? Well, what they don't have in that email, because um, it's still a ways away yet, but I'm super excited about Bloodsport being at the Alamo Draft House, and then... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Pizza Party shortly after that. So nice. I know. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go to that one. The Pizza I, Party. Yeah, because I have to see Turtles 2 for my comic book movie binge. Oh. And instead of watching on Blu-ray, which I have, it might be more fun to eat pizza and watch it in a theater and hang out with your friends and hang out with my friends. It's like at noon on the 20th. So and we're like, you should get your tickets now so you can sit next to us. Cool. March 20th. <laughs> March 20th. Yeah. Cool. It's the 13th and 20th, but. We chose the 20th, so. Um, the Mother and the Whore is actually a French drama called La Maman et la Patin. And it's three hours and 37 minutes long from... So Patin is whore in French? Uh, I guess uh, La Poutine, yeah, something like Poutine? that. It's three hours and 37 minutes. That's a breeze. In Paris, the pedantic Alexandre lives with his mate Marie and her apartment an open relationship alexandre who is idle and a chauvinist spends his days reading drinking and shagging women after flirting with his former affair gilbert who tells him that she will marry soon her boyfriend alexandre meets leanne hospital nurse veronica osterwall um imdb has it rated 8.2 out of 3500 reviews that's pretty good hmm. but um I would rather um, jump out in the middle of I-70 <laughs> than watch a three-and-a-half-hour-long French movie. Um, and so, Steve at the Alamo, um, yeah, why don't you program Jason the uh, Friday 13th, the final chapter, Jason Lives for me, and then we'll be even. Hey, October's months away. I'm sure it yeah. might come up. When's the next Friday the 13th? Oh, yeah. I think they usually come around in April, right? Yeah. They have them? I know there's like one year they had, there was like three Friday the 13ths throughout the year there needs to be pretty more. sure um uh guess what there's a friday 13th in may Ooh. so you're right april may so uh steve at the alamo draft house um let's program some friday 13th films okay let's do that buddy and that's the only one this year so eat. careful i should have known that because that's when the friday 13th remake was originally supposed to come out and then they pushed it back like a year and a half no so they'll never make it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what do you want to do first, Brad? Um, let's get the small stuff out of, way, out of the way. Predictions? Do we still do predictions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is the box office stats. Uh, I think next week for the third week in a row, Deadpool will win because it's going against the gods of Egypt and Eddie the Eagle. Hmm. So um, this week it made $55 million and it's already the highest grossing X-Men movie ever. <laughs> and More than X-Men. Just the X. There's been what four X Men movies. Yeah. So uh, X Men: The Last Stand was the highest grossing one at 234 million, and Deadpool's at 235. 
So it's going to be the highest grossing one by a lot. Yeah. Um, but it, it made, what, 150 last week? So mm-hmm. 55, that's, a, I guess, a steep drop. Uh, well, it's 150 through four days. For for the weekend, is like a 58% drop. That's not that bad. And it's rated R. That's actually pretty impressive. Mm, that's true. Um, so, yeah, um, none of those movies... Gods of Egypt is looks awful. Um, yeah, what are we going to see? I, I might see uh, Gods of Egypt just because it looks awful. Um, I mean, <laughs> I want to see uh, Eddie the Eagle, too. So, um, whatever you want to see. Hmm. Um, yeah, or that or Triple Nine is that heist movie. Oh, yeah. But, you know. I saw for the trailer for that in front of the witch. and Yeah. Like standard action heist thing. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing that Deadpool will win. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to say Eddie the Eagle is going to make, well, it's only in 2000 theaters though. So maybe 9 million. Sure. Gods of Egypt is in 3000. Have they done a good enough job marketing it to (laughs) push it over 12 million? Let me. They don't have the production budget on it, but it looks like it's like a hundred and forty million dollar flop waiting to happen. Um I'm gonna say Gods of Egypt's gonna make ten, eleven. I'm gonna say eleven, yeah, too. And then triple nine is in two thousand theaters, I'm gonna say four million. So and I Deadpool got, does thirty? Yeah. I'm gonna or yeah, so probably a thirty percent drop sounds about right. So yeah, I'm gonna say yeah, Deadpool twenty eight million. Um and then we'll go with um Eddie the Eagle with 11, Gods of Egypt 9. No, I'll go 9, 11, Gods of Egypt, Eddie the Eagle 9, and Triple 9, 4. All right. So if it's... you're wrong, yeah, then then you have to walk the hot coals. Damn. And then get your heart ripped out like, uh... by Mola Ram. That's Indiana Jones for all those. This is how um, boring my life is in the morning at five in the morning. So my little boy loves watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And the one I watched this morning, it was Kansas City Mickey, but he was dressed up like Indiana Jones. (gasps) Is it Indiana Jones? Uh, (laughs) Homage. And he had to find a crystal Mickey skull. Well, it wasn't a skull. It was a crystal crystal Mickey. (laughs) That's what made the clubhouse power. And it was like an Indiana Jones movie. Hmm. Made for toddlers and Mickey Mouse. And you were more excited than your son. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, Kansas City Mickey, that's Indiana Jones. <laughs> Have you watched the Indiana Jones movie with Kellen? Uh, no, I haven't. Mm. He really liked uh... oh, Fudge. What movie did you see? And watch the whole thing with me. Oh, man, I can't remember. Star Wars? Uh, no. Um... Friday the 13th, really? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> no, he's starting to understand that stuff, so I don't really put scary stuff on anymore. <laughs> um I forget what movie I was watching, and it was really not like violent, but it had a lot of jump scares. And every time he'd go, mm, like every time they would pop up, so I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't watch this stuff with him anymore. Um, because he's starting to understand what it is. Let's see. Um, cool. What's coming out on Blu ray? Yeah, let's do it. DVD releases and Blu rays. No, I forgot to open it up. Sorry. <laughs> but we'll get there. Blah, blah, blah. Cut this out. Do not cut it out. I want people to hear us stumbling through our <laughs> podcast that we've been doing for five and a half years. Uh, no, more than that. I don't know why it's just really low energy for this one. I don't know either. What's wrong with this? 
It's because we're old. Mm. Okay. Uh, the big release is The Good Dinosaur, which I thought was a great movie, but um, didn't catch on like all the other Pixar movies. It still did really uh, gross over like $100 million. I mean, like 140 I mean, budget to gross ratio probably doesn't make Pixar feel great, but. Yeah, they're right. I think Inside Out almost made a billion, so. And I'll, I'll be getting it. I uh I th- I I love getting the I think the Pixar uh, 3D releases have really cool covers and this is a cool one. Yeah. Um I am pissed though. Uh, I was talking about covers. So re- I haven't told the story on the podcast. Um so me and you love like steelbooks mm-hmm. and the James Bond exclusives at Best Buy are awesome. So I went there and I got Casino Royale and uh um Skyfall. Oh, <laughs> Skyfall. Can't talk. And when I was there, because I love the Spectre cover, just the standard one where he's standing in front of like the Day of Death, Day of Dead mask. Yeah. And but the, I thought the Steelbook actually looked really sharp with like the gunshot through the glass and looked like octopus uh, tentacles. And so I stand there, and I was just staring at it, and I couldn't decide if I wanted to get it. And I literally left Best Buy without buying it <laughs> because I couldn't decide which one I. You could left get. a DVD store without <laughs> taking anything home. No, I, I I sat there for like ten minutes. I'm like, this one has a skull and it looks really cool and Bond looks really sweet on it, but it's really slick for on the steel book. It's simple, but it speaks to me. And I just sat there and some guy walked up and said, "Do you need help with anything?" <laughs> I'm good. What are these? Yeah, you should have said. I should. I went boomerang. Um. So today, I made the choice. I said, you know what? I'm gonna go with my little guy. We we were out and about. We got a Lego set for him. I said, I'm gonna go pick up Spectre on just the steel book. Cause I want it to match my cool bonds I have on steel book. And so I got there and there's no more. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'll just get the normal cover. And cause if you got that and another steel book, it was five bucks off. So yeah. I basically got the steel book for five bucks. And I think the diamonds forever one looks really cool, even though it's an okay bond movie, but I think like the blue one, it looks really sweet. Mm. So I was about to pick it up and then I, that's how much of a dork I am. So, you know, the stickers that Best Buy puts on there, that adhere to yeah. the paper forever. So I, I looked around and I was like, I'm going to see if I can take this off. And I was, is it gonna... So I started like doing that. Like you can't see on the podcast, obviously, but I took my finger and I was like pushing down on it. And as the corner went, it still left the residue. It's like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to order it on Amazon because I don't want that sticker because it, it ruined my original Skyfall. I mean, I traded it in because I got, I think the still books way sweeter, but, yeah. uh, but I still had that freaking, you could see like the outer rim of it, and when it was pressed against other movies, it left like a black ring. Yeah, you can it... use Goo Gone on it, but it is a lot of work. Yeah, it sucks. Um, did you just try looking at other Best Buys in the area to have the steel book? Uh, not yet, um, because when I have my little guy, I don't like to take him like movie shopping with me mm. because he's like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> so I got uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Disney. Right on. That's um, kind of like the same dilemma I had when Mission Impossible Rogue Nation came out, but they mm-hmm. also had like the five disc. I was, yeah. I, was, I stood in front of the rack being like, all the other ones are single discs, yep. and, but this steelbook is way too thick for a steelbook. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and I, I just left. <laughs> sometimes I, like, walk away and I think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, I'll go look at video games. Do I really need that? Do I want that? <laughs> um, but yeah. with the Mission Impossible, I got the one exclusive at Target because it came with a booklet and another hour and a half documentary about the stunts. That one's a good one. Yeah. Um, my, th- uh, so, sorry. Go ahead. My, my Spectre, though, like... I ordered it online and then picked it up at the store. And I, when I went to the store, I grabbed another one just in case, like, they grabbed a dented one. Yeah, exactly. And so I got to the counter, and then um, the guy's like, oh, you're going to buy that? Like, no, I already have one behind the counter. 
because um, obviously, yeah, if it just gets left there, they'll be wondering whatever. So I'm like, yeah, give me the uh, the one actually you guys already put aside. And then I looked at it; and it was fine. And then I got it home, and there's a big old dent oh, no. that didn't show up, like because of the refracting light on the. Did you take it wrapper? back? No, I was, I was like, <laughs> I would have said the D, the Blu-ray doesn't work. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I, Too honest. Eh, it, it's still a defective product. It's fine. I'm I'm trying to get better about like. See, there's some things I'm not. That's it's yeah. I, I shouldn't be that retentive. But it's, it's fine. Things that are. Not perfect or fine, Ryan. Uh, no, that's why I married my wife. Can she even hear that? She's perfect. I know. <laughs> oh, I, I said you're perfect, honey. She's like, I'm not perfect. She's gonna pick a fight with me because she's a woman. <laughs> Imperfections can be beautiful. Imperfections can be beautiful. <laughs> of course, it can. I'm fat. She married me. Um, <laughs> uh, Spotlight, which I do want to see, is coming out on Blu-ray. Cool. Uh, Fargo season two, which James is definitely going to probably get. Uh, the Graduate's coming out on Criterion, which is good because the Blu-ray that uh, I think Warner Brothers or MGM put out is bare bones. A movie called Extraction, which basically took the poster layout for Sicario, and it's probably a shitty movie. Um, Doctor Who. Something. The, hus- the Husbands of River Song, whatever that is. Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, a crappy horror movie. Uh, Scream Factory's special edition of The Serpent and the Rainbow is coming out. It's a zombie movie directed by Wes Craven. Uh, the Curse 1 and 2 is also coming out from Scream Factory. But the one that actually has my piqued my interest on Scream Factory is called... It's a, it's a double feature, so usually those movies are pretty shitty. And they know it's pretty funny. One's called Millennium, and it looks like it's a plane flying from a flying saucer. And the other one is called Rotor, and it's like this futuristic cop who has like a skull and he's shooting things. So that was probably going to be pretty awesome, Lee mm-hmm. Bad. Um, just going to scroll down in case something's hidden, you know? Yeah, sometimes the recent stuff does end up on the bottom. Um, I finally got my Samurai Cop 2 Blu ray. You did? Signed? Yeah. Signed, yep. So. Uh, the big, the big best, Fats Domino and the birth of rock and roll. Hey, that sounds like a cool documentary. I love Fats Domino. Ain't that a shame? Good stuff. That waveform totally looks like a dick. It does. (laughs) Nice. Good job. Um, so yeah, that's about it. So yeah, good dinosaur. That's probably one I'll be getting. Cool. Because, you know. Uh, now I have an excuse to watch that stuff because my little boy, you know, will probably like it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my excuse. And he'll be like, Daddy, this is so photorealistic. <laughs> it is. It's a great looking movie. Um, I got this sweet book as Pinocchio, The Making of a Disney Epic. I, I don't know why I didn't know this book existed, but I was just scrolling through my Facebook feed. And, of course, I'm a fan of the Disney Family Museum. And they put out books, and I didn't know that. And they had a sell for Pinocchio, The Making of a Disney Epic. It's a huge book. I'll show it to you. And, you know, it's 60 bucks. So they're like, hey, it's 10% off. So it's 54 bucks. It's like, God, that's expensive. Or is it? So, of course, I go to Amazon. It's 30 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> and so I got it. It's, it's a beautiful book. It's, it's like a coffee table book, but it's talking about the making of the movie. It's, and it has all this behind-the-scenes stuff. And um, I love Pinocchio. So great job, Disney 
family museum for selling it to Amazon so I could get it for cheaper than your they made no money on my transaction. Yeah. I do feel bad going to bookstores and being like, Oh yeah, I get like it's like twenty dollars cheaper on Amazon. I don't when I go Christmas shopping, I take my phone and I go up and down the aisles and when I see stuff I like, I scan it and if it's cheaper on Amazon, I just order it right there. Except now oh this is the story. This is nah, here's real news. It's real news. biggest news story this week is amazon is charging sales tax in colorado now oh and it sucks because i how ordered... does that affect your prime membership i just still get two free day shipping oh it sucks though because i so i ordered that pinocchio book and it was like 31 23 or something like after it's discounted and then i i went on my order and it said it was 34 bucks i'm like 34 bucks i thought i got it for 31 and i'm you know, I go through i was gonna write an email to Amazon being like, hey, it was this price advertised. And I look, I'm like, sales tax. And so I went back to the last thing I bought, not even paying attention, which was the Funko little bobblehead things of Chandler Bing from Friends. Yeah, and I got charged 60 cents on that. And I guess starting February 1st, they started doing sales tax in Colorado. Why? Like, what changed that? I think it was a law that Colorado passed. Like, hey, we're getting screwed on revenue. Yeah. So it's, yeah, God. But it's okay. The The one thing that still is awesome with the Prime membership is if you pre-order video games, they're all 20% off. Hmm. So um, so I have Mega Man Legacy Collection coming, I think, next week or the following week, and it's only 22 bucks. And then if you get the big stuff, like I have Uncharted 4 Collector's Edition, normally 80 bucks, so 20% off on that is big. So, um, yeah, so there's still some benefits. Not quite as many. Because hmm. it's now I'm going to have to pay, like... <laughs> 30 bucks a year in taxes <laughs> like everybody else like some sucker <laughs> pretty soon your oxygen is going to be metered it is and they're going to put like a thing outside your door big government <laughs> it's election year my my clerks too that i ordered like back in january but because i ordered it with batteries not included i you know yeah i'm still like two weeks out in oh, march oh, to yeah, get it that's coming i have that and howard the duck i think they come out the same day yeah they do sweet i i might get howard the duck too Oh, I did. Well, I have it on DVD, so I'm like... Me too. I traded in my DVD as soon as I found it was coming out on Blu-ray. I know. I I just want to make sure that they both have the same features. They do. I love them. Okay. They're all the same. All right. So, yeah. So, I traded mine in. As soon as I find out they come out on Blu-ray and they have the same features, (laughs) down to (laughs) TradeSmart it goes. Um, As you can see, my DVD is almost gone. Yeah. Look at that. Um, Anyways. What uh, else is... Oh. Real News is kind of slow this week. Nothing really exciting. Um... I can't even think of anything. I went back and I looked. I think Amazon's doing their own stores, brick and mortar stores. Are they? Cool. Speaking of that. That'd be cool if they had like a warehouse connected to it. I think that'd be cool if like if it was a brick and mortar store, but it had a warehouse behind it. And it'd be like uh, the Apple stores where they're all clean. And you just walk in there and maybe order something off an iPad and someone brings it out to you. See? Yeah. That's what what they should do. A robot should bring it out to you. Yes. Actually, no. Because we need jobs. (laughs) No, you have people in the back. They have to grab it. <laughs> Give it to the Here robot. Here is your Blu-ray. <laughs> Just people dressed as robots. Yeah. Cardboard boxes. You better act like a robot or you're out of here. <laughs> Jeff, I'm not really feeling like you're serious about this job. You know, a robot doesn't move smooth. It's herky-jerky, man. <laughs> no, man, I'm a T-1000. Okay. You have to know what kind of robot you are. If you're Johnny Five, you're like horrible. You ride around on a Segway. 
at Geek Bowl, one of the weirdest things was there was like just attendance on segways. I'm not sure they did anything except rode around on the segways. Mm. Like, cause they, I didn't see them interact with anybody. Well, if someone tried to like, maybe if they were looking at their phone, they would have dove off their segways and well, tackle them. And... There were people just walking on their feet <laughs> doing that. So I'm like, <laughs> why were there people with segways? I don't know. I think segways are still weird to me. They are. It makes sense. They seem lazy. The the best thing that came out of Segway is the CEO of Segway died falling off a cliff on a Segway. <laughs> I think co CEO. Yeah, I think that's funny. How do you feel about cops on Segways? Because they look like a joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's real real cops on Segways. They are. <laughs> I would not be one. Um, too many jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be the guy who falls, and you know the town wouldn't respect me, and you know how that is. Oh, don't worry, she's alive. <laughs> The cat's sneezing <laughs> quite loudly and shaking. Yes. Um, yeah, any trailers come out? Nothing? No. I saw a trailer for a green room, and I thought it looked pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, John Lee Picard is a yeah. bad guy. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't remember anything. I can't. Uh, they, the new trailer for Tw- 10 Cloverfield Lane looks cool. Looks like there is monsters in it, like big monsters. Hmm. I haven't um, seen that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, they show when she actually escapes and gets out of the little pod. And she runs to this house, and you see, like, um, spotlight behind it, and you hear a monster roar. So, Or that could be the beginning. Who knows? I know. I like I like that John Goodman's a bad guy, or appears to be a Is bad he? guy. <laughs> yeah. Looks fun. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if anything else exciting happened this week. Nope. I'm going to call it, because I got nothing. We're not going to waste yeah. your time trying to figure Good. it out. Um, they did release a video for episode eight starting to shoot. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Ryan Johnson yep. is on it. He's like, hey, today's the first day of shooting. Star Wars 7, 8. Yep. Bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so exciting. And they confirmed, like, the cast members and things like that. And I guess Guardians started shooting as well, Volume 2. Um, it's really interesting. I was reading the synopsis for it, and uh, they made sure they pointed out that Volume 2 is a mixtape Volume 2 that, you know, it's going to have a great soundtrack to go with it and it's kind of um it's kind of funny that a movie would put that on there now it's like oh we have great songs in here that you remember from your youth um i think they're going for more 80s songs yeah so like the first one was 70s and now this one's gonna be 80s so hopefully a lot of like power ballads that'd be awesome like rock you like a hurricane like while they're fighting oh sweet (laughs) um i was reading this article on the hollywood reporter and it really made me mad this guy ranked all the marvel movies whatever i don't care oh that's never been done before you know so i was reading the list and here's the thing you maybe you shouldn't be ranking movies if you don't understand them so i was i can't i forget of course i remember the spider-man ones because those ones stick out to me one he spelled osborne wrong in the article and then he called the sandman a mutant so obviously he doesn't even know what a mutant is because uh, a mutant is born with those powers and when they hit puberty they like activate activate exactly um the sandman was blasted with nuclear technology that turned him into sand <laughs> a great scene in the movie but mm. great's too generous but yeah <laughs> the music's great in that scene um yeah so you lose a lot of credibility with me and i think he had uh the worst movie i can't remember if he posed howard the duck but it was maybe howard the duck and um like electra or something I mean, really, the worst Marvel movie? Um, I'm going to go with the Roger Corman Fantastic Four or the... Uh, was that even on there? It was. It oh. was, like, above it, though. It's like, hmm. no, that's worse. When they don't even release it and they only make the movie because they have to brush it so they don't lose the rights. 
It's pretty bad. Hmm. So anyways, yeah, that made me mad. You don't, you don't understand comic book movies, so maybe you shouldn't be telling people which ones are better. Most of those just get written as clickbait. They're oh, like, yeah. Oh, they, that's all they are. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. And that's why he ranked Fantastic Four where it was. He's like, oh, this will piss them <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. This will get them talking. Sure enough. <laughs> tell their friends to click my article and read it. And <laughs> I'm going to purposely misspell Osborne. I'll get a bonus for my boss. It'd be great. <laughs> I'd actually call him in my office if I was his boss. I'm like, yeah, hey, can I see it? Yeah, you're fired. Why? Because <laughs> you don't understand the movies. Aren't you a critic for movies? Um, anyways, this is... Actually, if he had a, if he had a, uh, if he did have a boss, that's the editor, and the editor would catch that shit <laughs> yeah. before it went out. That is true. So I'm guessing. So the editor, there is no maybe, editor. <laughs> maybe the heads rolled with the editors. Maybe. Maybe. See, you gotta, gotta think about that stuff. Every week we watch a lot of movies. This is what we watched this week. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh. I'm not prepared. I'm trying to think. I know I saw started watching Master of None, which is the Aziz Ansari Netflix show. Yeah, I heard it's really good. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, though. Yeah, it's uh, just kind of like his day-to-day. Like, each episode kind of has a general theme. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like how he deals with the situations. Like, the first one's on parenting. And he starts out like, man, being a dad would suck. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, or no, he's, he's like, being a dad would be awesome. And then he like takes care of some other. Oh, that's a pretty good, <laughs> huh? That's a pretty good impression. I mean, season. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Being a dad would suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, even so, if you weren't trying for it, I wasn't. And then, uh, <laughs> so he takes care of his, like his friends, kids for a day and they're just horrible. Like getting him into trouble. Like the one kid rubs his dick all over the fish sticks in the freezer <laughs> at the supermarket, and then the supermarket people are like, "Hey, you got to pay for all these." Like he only did it to two of them. <laughs> Why don't have to pay for all of them? It's like it's just policy. Like we can't. Like they're contaminated. Um, and then, um, oh yeah, I think it starts out their friend. Like they never get to hang out with him because he's married and he has kids. And is he's. Uh, kind of talks about the pros of all that and then by the end of the, the episode he returns the kids and finds out that, like the, uh, he's getting a divorce and <laughs> their family's in shambles and he's like wow this is actually horrible so <laughs> and then like a, uh, another couple episodes are him he's like playing himself but he has a like it's not actually his name oh, okay so he's a he's a guy in hollywood trying to get roles and stuff so he's constantly doing auditions and things and um there's a whole episode about like you know they want to do a sitcom, but no one in the networks will cast two Indian men as as a lead. So he has to be a part of an ensemble and stuff. And then <laughs> finally they offer like, well, we can do just one Indian guy as a lead. And then he has a bunch of white friends and stuff. <laughs> so like that kind of stuff he, he deals with. And then um, also rewatched Rumble in the Bronx. I haven't seen it was that like, in years. Yeah. It's, God, there's so much Jackie Chan energy in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, it's weird that the bad guys are super mean and then super nice, like, halfway through. But that's a movie that kind of catapulted him in America, though, right? Yeah. Like, that's, I remember that, like, kicking off mm-hmm. the whole... Actually, not just Jackie Chan, but, like, a lot of Asian yeah. martial arts films in the, in the 90s because of that. Um, and I, I really want to watch Mr. Nice Guy again, but, like, it's really hard that. to find. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that since it was in theaters. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And... Uh, at the end of his movies back then, he would do like the oh, yeah, real where with yeah. all the injuries and stuff, and just like there's just some brutal stuff. Oh yeah, like people getting run over, and obviously he broke. <laughs> he's jumping off like that bridge on yeah, the hovercraft. Yeah, he broke his leg in that one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then he put like a 
a sock, but it's spray painted like a shoe. So he's actually still doing the stunts from the movie, injured. Just, it, just insane. Um, wow. Crazy talented. And then um, I also started rewatching The Simpsons. No, oh, I've been started watching a lot of The Simpsons lately too. Yeah, yeah. Like as a chronologically or no, um, just random. Episodes? Yeah, I mean I have DVDs there, and I'll sometimes I'll just throw them in. And I, I watched uh, the one where Apu is he's an illegal immigrant. And so he's trying to, con- it's like proposition something, and he's trying to convince everybody that he's American. So Homer comes in, he's like, howdy, partner. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, I started from the beginning, um, and I'm doing it like episode to episode. Oh, nice. And uh, I was taken aback when like Marge said something like, I'm a 34-year-old woman or something. I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost as old <laughs> as Homer and Marge were back in the 80s. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yep. No, I mean that's a hit you when you you're watching the Avalanche and Matt Duchesne is 24. <laughs> and he's been in the league for five years. And you're like, fuck. Really, he's 24. Yep. Oh wow. They do start him young. Yep. Um, but yeah, like the first season is kind of. There's a couple of good episodes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I actually think the first one with Santa's Little Helpers was good. I'm actually surprised how many like because I'm on season two now and like a lot of the side characters, just like. Like uh, Flanders, Ken Brockman, uh, Lionel Hut, Lionel Hutz. Like I always thought of them as being first season characters, mm-hmm. but really, like they're. I love Lionel Hutz. It's really just mostly the the Simpsons themselves, and I think there's the psychiatrist, Apu. Like there's it's there's really not like side characters, and if there are, they're just like weird, mm-hmm. poorly drawn, <laughs> like repeats of other, like, <laughs> yeah. like someone's have a mustache, but and then like at one point Flanders or no um. Mr. Smithers. He's black. He's black in yeah. like a frame. Yep. <laughs> I think he's black the first season. Yeah. And then he changes to not being black. Yeah. And then Marge has like a yellow dress. Yeah. It's so, weird. Yeah. And like Lisa's hair always was weird back then too. It wasn't like symmetrical. It was just spiky. Um, yeah. No, I've been watching. I also watched the one uh, with Mr. Burns where he's going to kill all the dogs. Santa Little's Helper's dogs. That one's funny. See my oh yeah yeah <laughs> made of real gorilla chest. That's funny. Uh, the one with Troy McClure where he marries Selma. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such dates as last night. <laughs> and he he uh, his career's in shambles because of uh, his incident at the Springfield Aquarium, and they never tell you what it is. <laughs> but he, halfway through, he has a thing where he tells Selma to meet him at the Springfield Aquarium, and it's, I don't know. It's talking about fucking animals it's funny <laughs> uh the last one i watched was one that like i always wanted to rewatch, like back on syndication before mm. dvds were a thing um was the one where homer eats the blowfish oh the poison yeah blowfish yeah that would never come on like repeats on tv i think because there's so many episodes of the simpsons besides now fxx i think they show almost all of them but i think they would cut them off so like the first five seasons wouldn't be on because I love season, I think it's four or five. Yeah, I, I think three, four, and five are like the gold mine. Yeah, because four, episodes. I think four is the one, I think it's four because it has Cape Fear, which is my favorite one, where Sideshow Bob, then they relocate to the Witness Relocation Program, and Homer wears that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that stuff, and he wants to be John Elway, and uh, they make fun of how bad the Broncos were back then. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Wade no, in for a touchdown. Final score of Super Bowl 30, Denver 7, San Francisco 56. <laughs> I think like he wants to, own, yeah. What do you say? 
he wants to own the Dallas Cowboys, and he ends up owning the Denver Broncos yeah. at one point. He's yeah. like, oh, you Denver won't understand. Broncos. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun uh, rediscovering those shows. Um, yeah. And you realize why they're so great. They can make you laugh at anything. I've only got 10 seasons, so that's as far as I'll get to go. Yeah, <laughs> well. I, uh, yeah, mine are really random. I have, I think that's four, five, then it goes up to eight, nine, ten. I got them at Target when they were ten bucks. So whatever ones were ten bucks, I would just grab them. Yeah, the, I think fifteen is eight bucks right now. Is it really? Yeah. And I, I would have got it, but then I'm like, ah, oh, then I'll want the other ones. And now they're not going to release any more on DVD. I'll have sucks. like holes in the whole collection. And it sucks, but I like that I can just pull them off the shelf. And their DVDs are really nice. Because they put tons of special features on them. I gotta look at the box because I can't tell how it opens. Uh, yeah, they they fold out. It's like a fold out, like the outside. Yeah, uh, the outside. So because eleven has like yeah. So here's the thing: it's missing so, a side. Because it's it's season six. They started doing those character three D, like molded ones. Yeah, which I didn't Vacuum like. Formed ones. Yeah, so those ones now they just have little pocket things that you pull open and they fold out. They're not as quite as sturdy as the like the old like the old school ones are like the 24 ones you know yeah um but the, the new one, yeah, yeah the new ones aren't the trays they're i mean they still look great though they put a lot of artwork on them and the books are really nice um that come with them i, I think they're really nice dvds and it's a shame they're not going to make any more yeah fuck them fox sucks when it comes to <laughs> dvds so like i love modern family if you look at my collection modern family i have one through four on blu-ray then they stop making one blu-ray so it looks goofy yeah, I'm I'm shocked how many HD shows they put out just on DVD. Yeah, it sucks. Like I I mean, business wise, I get it, but just like I don't know why though, because I think Blu-rays are for collectors anyways. Yeah, is it really that much more money to put it on Blu-ray? I don't know, it's stupid. And they they don't even do like that elaborate packaging for most Blu-rays, like exactly. they did for DVDs. So it's mostly like a blue case. Exactly. Even just like the Simpsons is a, literally a slide in and out. Well, you know, because you have the Dick Van Dyke show, it's freaking clamshell. Yep. The only ones that are nice are the Batman ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you don't have that bat. You don't have my Batman version, do you? Well, it doesn't or have the outer box. Is the s- inserts the same? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, tangent. <laughs> what else do you watch this week? If you're still listening, yeah, um, I'm done. What'd you watch? Um, it's funny. I did a lot of. I got the complete series of Married with Children on DVD for like twenty two bucks, and the transfer is really bad. It's because they compressed like thirteen episodes on each disc. So there's like lots of, I call it like pixelated 80s look, where you see jagged edges everywhere. But the show's still really great, and I'm on season three, and it, and watching it, this had to have been when I started watching as a kid, because I start remembering every episode. And uh, my favorite one is the season premiere on season three, and it's one of my favorite uh, Married Children's ever, where Al Bundy, uh, they're cleaning out his attic, and they find uh, the little engine that could, that he checked out from the library like in 1957, so the book is 30 years overdue, and he talks about why he never returned it, is a librarian there was a bitch, and um, how she was fat, and um, and so it flashes back to, like, nine-year-old Al Bundy, and he's, he's um, I forget the jokes, but he's basically calling this librarian fat, and it's like this little kid, and it's really funny and inappropriate, and uh, shows like this would never be made nowadays. You can see why it was so ahead of its time, because... I mean, they do, like, sex jokes. The first line of dialogue in Married with Children is die, you commie, bi- commie bimbo, is the first line of dialogue in Married with Children. That reminds me, uh, there's an episode of The Simpsons where, oh, it's the the monster truck one? Where they oh, try yeah. To, 
they're they're at the concert and uh, they're talking about like Lisa playing the saxophone and mm-hmm. Bart says like wow oh, her fingering is really good <laughs> or something like that like whoa <laughs> exactly and so that episode's funny so Al brings the book back they convince him to go back and so he's like she's probably dead and so he goes there and of course she's still there and so he so he says in fact I returned that book and she said uh, I would have known he said you were gone that day there was a great cake heist downtown. And surprisingly, you called in sick to work. So we're just calling her fat again. <laughs> so they go over to like the uh, the columns of books. And they have one of those ladders that slides across. So they can put books up high. And she puts her foot on it. And so he kicks it. So she, <laughs> she loses and he throws the book back on the shelf. And he's like, here it is. And then the studio audience is so funny because it's just like, if you've seen anything that kind of parodies Married with Children, the, the, the studio audience literally chants, yeah, ow, woo, yeah, ow. <laughs> And it's just like a rot, like a party in the studio audience. So <laughs> he goes home and he's sitting on the couch and um, there's surveillance cameras that capture him doing it. And so it's like Chicago's own worst person in the world is Al Bundy. <laughs> and then he goes back and uh, she retired because she said, you know, finally I could make you feel like the jerk you are. And then he has this long speech about how she's fat and stupid. And it's really funny. And then there's an episode where he gets the toilet he always wanted, and it, when he flushes it, it doesn't, it isn't like, man, it goes, bah, whoosh, it's a Ferguson. <laughs> it's really funny and stupid. Um, and I'm pretty sure almost every episode has him trying to put shoes on a fat lady because he's a shoe salesman, and he just makes fun of him. It's, it's so inappropriate. It's fat, fat jokes. Yeah, and he has to, <laughs> another episode, he has to go get bras for Peggy because they stopped making them at the mall she goes to. So they drove all the way to Wisconsin to this porn shop to get him. And and so him and his neighbor, Steve go in there and they, uh, they call him gay and stuff. And he's, so they have like this really flamboyant gay guys. Hey guys, stuff you would never see anymore. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, if, if you see the complete series, it's worth 22 bucks. I mean, the transfer is horrible, but whatever. Um, I also watched a movie called the toolbox murderers. And um, it's an exploitation, exploitation, exploitation film. I got it. And, that reminds me. Okay. <laughs> and it's about. Uh, it's really weird. The first half. I mean, I know of this movie because it's really notorious. I've never seen it before, but it's notorious. I saw the remake that Toby Hooper made in 2004. I think it was, and that was like a straight slasher film. Um, this one starts like a slasher film, like the first. 15 minutes, this dude, like, murders, like, four chicks, and um, there's this one girl, she's, like, super hot, and he's, like, checking out the people in the apartment, and he sees her go, like, she's dancing in her window with her bra and panties on, I don't know, and then she goes into a bathtub, and they show her, like, masturbating, like, legit masturbating, and I'm like, whoa, this is kind of weird, <laughs> and then, of course, the the killer shows up, and so she gets out of the tub, and she's running around naked, <laughs> all this stuff and he shoots her with a nail gun and i mean it's pretty gory he shoots her and the first one like goes through her and it sticks to the wall (laughs) and then she falls down on this um like this dresser and he pushes pushes her head back against the wall and puts the nail gun up to it and pulls the trigger i'm like whoa this is pretty violent i can see why it's you know i think came out in 73 74 i can see why you know it's on what they call like the video nasties list because it's pretty hardcore but then the second half of the movie goes into this weird like uh so it's not spoilers to tell you that the the killer is uh the handyman who works there or the owner of the apartments and the reason he's killing 
amoral women as his really nice Christian daughter was killed in a car accident. So he kidnaps the one girl that looks like his daughter and like holds her hostage in his home. And so that's like the second half is him being crazy and trying to convince her that she's his daughter. So it's like a really weird tonal shift Mm -hmm. where the first half is like this blood and guts and like sexploitation movie and it's all right like they're trying to shoehorn a message in. exactly <laughs> yeah um this it, isn't all bad like we're trying to say yeah, something this guy's crazy it is it is all right um i also watched i finally got the mutilator it came it was it's been delayed for like four months and that's uh, one with the bye bye yeah it's line. a yeah. by axe by pick by knife bye bye um the cover's really sweet um and it is it's like a slasher film and it's it's super gory um, but it's so cheesy. I'm not joking. So this is the story. I, it, so you go back in time and it's like a flashback and this kid is cleaning his dad's guns for his birthday. So the opening shot is happy birthday. It's like a note on his gun case it says, happy birthday, dad. I cleaned them all for you. And it, so the camera pans over and it's like this 10 year old boy, like polishing a gun and he accidentally shoots it and it goes through a wall and shoots and kills his mom. <laughs> And so the dad goes crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, but you don't know that he's crazy yet. You kind of do, but you don't know what's going to happen. So it flash forwards to like the college years. And there is orig- polishing guns again. No, the, so the original name of the movie was called fall break. Cause they're going on a mm. Thanksgiving break, I guess. And so the dad calls the son and says, Hey, you need to go. Can you go clean my condo for me this year on the, on the beach? And, he's, and so he says, oh, my dad's finally calling me to have him help out. I can't wait to help my dad. And so he has all his friends come with him. And so they drive away. And then the music that plays over it is like um, basketball. Where it's like, look out of here. There's a truck changing lane. <laughs> so the song is basically, I'm not joking. It says lines like, you and your friends are going to the beach for a foul break. <laughs> it's literally DVDA. It's really the song that's playing. And I'm just laughing. And it's like this upbeat pop song. And uh, at first I didn't get – it was the song that's playing over like the Blu-ray menu. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's in the movie. Anyway, so they go to the uh, the condo. And when they go inside the condo, they take this like 8 by 10 framed photo of this dude who has his like guts ripped out. And the guy said, oh, that's my dad's friend. It was an accident. And I'm like, wait, why the fuck is there a picture of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going through like showing other things. And so there's this, these nails and there's like a stain missing of like a fish hook, like, like the ones that you use to, um, if you have a big fish and you bring them to the side of the boat, not like, you know, a little fish hook, it's like a spear, basically like Neptune's scepter, I guess. And he said, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's where my dad's battle axe is. He loves it. And so then the next shot is like his dad in the garage and he's like spinning the battle axe. It's like, (laughs) stupid. Who just has a battle axe? Uh, a guy who's going to kill a bunch of people. And so he kills a bunch of people. Uh, the other gore effects are really cool. My, my favorite one is at the end, uh, spoilers for a movie that's 40 years, 35 years old, 30 years old. Um, the dad is uh, gets hit by the girlfriend and she hits him against a wall and it like cuts his legs off. Sweet. And so he falls over and he's dead. And then the cop runs up. He's like, I think this guy's dead. And he like pops up on his stubs and like chops the cop's legs off with his axe. And then he dies. <laughs> I like, how do you get that one kill in? And that was the end of the movie. 
So yeah, uh, the mutilator. I like mm. that name better than Fallbreak. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, sure I watched, that's what they said in the meeting too. <laughs> I watched Click, which is an old Adam Sandler movie, and it's not really a comedy. It's like this really like hardcore drama about uh, if you fast forward through life um, and the important things you miss throughout your life, and life will just pass you by. Uh, it's a really interesting story because Christopher Walken's in it, and he tells Adam Sandler's character, he says, yeah, I'm an angel. And so Adam Sandler's fast-forwarding through his life, and if you fast-forward through one event, it, the remote control... like So Click, is he has a remote control that can control his life. And so if you fast-forward through something, the remote control remembers that, so you'll always fast-forward through it. So he fast-forwards through dinner with his parents, so every time he has dinner with his parents, he always skips to the next chapter of his life. Um, so he gets to like being, I don't know, in his 70s, and he finds out his dad's dead, and he didn't know his dad was dead. And um, and so Christopher Walken's character is like, "What you thought I was a good angel? I'm the angel of death." And he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and it goes for like thirty minutes, super dark about how Adam Sandler's a piece of shit, and his kids hate him, and he got a divorce, and he turned into a like this piece of shit fat guy. <laughs> and uh, you know, Christopher Walken says, "You know, when you fast forward, you miss everything in life." And uh, he dies at the end where he's, he, he, uh, because he hasn't learned his lesson. And uh, when he's like on death's door, he gives his wife a note. And it's like their first note they wrote to each other. And that like, and then Chris Ron says, okay, now you can go. And he wakes up back in Bed Bath & Beyond. And so it's like a really dark movie. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember a, that at all. That's what the studio said. Like, all right, let's check out the new Adam Sandler comedy. It's a drama. What the, <laughs> yeah. Now we got to pull out all the stops and advertise this as a fun comedy. They did because there's a part in it where the dogs are humping this like uh, duck stuffed animal, and that's like all the comedy in it. You're like, what the? It's it's really it's not, I think it's a not a bad movie. It's just I don't remember it being that dark, and maybe it's because I'm older now. And maybe like who? Uh, and the last thing I watched is uh, so I have HD Encore, and I hardly ever watch movies on demand, but. When you're up at five in the morning because your son won't sleep and he's just like playing with trucks, I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna. Sc- okay. uh, Jaws the Revenge was on in HD. I'm like, I've only seen this in standard def. Does HD make a movie better? It doesn't. But <laughs> what it does do is that you can clearly see the cables and the sled and the mechanics in the shark's mouth um, and not, the mat lines. Yeah, and the, <laughs> actually, that one doesn't have any mat lines. No. Uh, Jaws three is probably really bad, hmm. um, but it's it's a bad movie. Um, I think the first shark attack is really cool. They're like on. Um, so the premise for Jaws, the revenge is um, Chief Brody died of a heart attack. What the fuck? And um, Laura, uh, his wife, Miss Brody, I don't remember her name. Some Sure, Mrs. Brody. Yeah, Chief Brody's wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's Her son is now the like a police officer. And they said, oh, there's something... Uh, have you ever seen it? No. Uh, so there's something attached to a, the buoy out in the water, and it's Christmas time, and he wants to go home. He's like, fine, I'll go fix the buoy so no ships, like, crash. So he reaches down to, like, get this log that's jammed, and a sh- the shark pops out and, like, rips his arm off, and he falls back, and there's blood shooting everywhere. I'm like, oh, I don't remember. This is pretty awesome. And then the shark comes up from behind him and eats him and, like, just makes the boat sink. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then it goes that, Miss uh, Brody has like a psychic link to the shark, and the shark follows her down to the Bahamas. 
So she goes to the Bahamas because she's distraught. Yeah, because she wants to. She lost her husband and And her son. son. And her other son is a scientist in the Bahamas. So she goes down to Bahamas while she meets Michael Caine. That's like Sean Connery. I can't do Michael Caine. Just do like like a tangerine. (laughs) Yeah. And he's an airline pilot. (laughs) So so he's a pilot and um, his name's Hoagie. And so she meets him and he's charming in it. And she wants to spend time with her son, but she's too afraid to go to the water. But then when the great white shark shows up to attack her son's boat while he's doing scientific research, she can sense the shark in the water and it followed her down to to the Bahamas. Do they explain like how they they have a psychic link? No. She just does. She just does. So like when she steps in the water, she can sense the shark and, uh, she didn't pick it up from the first movie. No. So this shark is purposely, it's called Jaws the Revenge because that shark is coming for her. And so there's there's like some cool scenes in it. Maybe because this is like Jaws's wife. Yeah, maybe. So, or because her, they're both wives. They're yeah, connected. maybe. Um, and <laughs> I mean, there are some cool ideas here, but when you have a filmmaker that's not as good as Steven Spielberg, it just highlights like a really bad mechanical shark. So there's a part where he's trying to escape from the shark and this uh, sunken ship. And you can see the sled that's pulling the shark to to like attack him. So it looks bad. And then every time the shark comes out of the water, it like comes up like like at an angle, and it like jerks up and down, so it looks like a robot. Um, but there's a cool part; it eats this chick off a banana boat. Um, and then Mario Van Pebbles is in it, and he can't do a Jamaican accent at all. And you're just like, dude, just give it up. Don't talk like a Jamaican <laughs> if you can't do it. And then at the end, they fashion this thing where it's like a sonic piercing sound and when they hit it the shark like pops out of the water and goes like it really roars do sharks roar no (laughs) and um and then at the end uh chief brody's wife stabs it with her uh ships uh i don't know what it is harpoon it's not a harpoon but it's a part of the ship that sticks out oh um the stick that sticks out of the ship it broke off because it ate mario van pebbles who was on there mario van peebles peebles Pebbles, whatever the fuck his name is, and uh, and so it he so it's getting that electric thing where it's going like a T Rex, and she stabs it and it blows up at the same time. Is there TNT tied to the stick? And it sinks the boat, and then uh, Marvin Peebles <laughs> um, is alive after being in a great white shark's mouth. Yeah, that's Jaws of Revenge. Interesting. All, All right. right. That's why it's up. Uh, you reminded me, um, Zach and I saw Black Caesar at the Esquire. What is that? It's a black exploitation film oh, from nice. the 70s. Um, according to him, it's um, like the African American version of Little Caesar. Like I think it's some like 1920s. Like the 30s. Cagney movie? Yeah, gangster movie. Yeah. Um, and it's the typical story of um, uh, like a ghetto kid starts out his life, you know committing crime mm-hmm. and then he rises up through the ranks of the criminal circuit in new york whatever but the black version mm. um and then you know it's kind of like scarface where he takes it too far and everything collapses around him and uh, eventually the uh the, the neighborhood where he gr- grew up swallows him takes him back because um, like he gets murdered by all the like oh. the kids that live there now <laughs> when he's like on the run he's been shot it's it was so boring. Like yeah. it felt like three hours long. And my favorite black exploitation film is uh, Black Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, this was like Black Dynamite 
is like obviously I saw Black Dynamite first, and it's it seems like it's a direct parody of Black Caesar, mm. um, but fun. <laughs> I threw that obviously. shit from the other room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's interrupt my kung fu? Oh hey mom, <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. I should watch that again. You should. It's I great. See, yeah, it's a great movie. We had a whole party about it. Um, yeah, so it was just really boring. There's like this stretch. I think I even maybe fell asleep during it. I can't remember <laughs> where they're like in a meeting and it's they're all so talking. Boring, and... You don't remember? You fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommended by Brad. Sometimes when I like do like a temporary sleep, I'm like my it's like no no my times... eyes are closed, but I'm still like listening to the movie and like dreaming it or, at the same time. Or there's times when I swear I don't remember if I was watching the movie because I'm so bored. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're watching it, but then I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I don't know how long I was not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it, but nothing's nothing's registering. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. It's funny because I was listening to the podcast, and James watched uh, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Mm-hmm. And that same week, I just ran in me like, I, I need to watch something <laughs> fun. And I pulled out The Incredible Burt Wonderstone nice. again and watched nice. it, too. Um, so if I had been on last week, we both would have talked about it. But, yeah, like you said, it's great. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Fun movie. Um, I love when Steve Carell's like, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> when he plays stupid characters. Yeah. Yeah. Little, uh, I have this thing now where when I watch a DVD, I watch every special feature. Yeah. Like, just try to explore every layer of the disc. Um, and that doesn't really have, like, a lot of good. Mm-hmm. It, like, a lot of the interviews are like, yeah, it was really fun working with yeah. these people. It's yeah. It's like the stuff we get for EPK. Yeah. <laughs> So, which is a little more in depth, but yeah, it never. didn't do well. That's probably why. I know it, it's funny how much Steve Carell is like it got into my life. Like today, I went to this place called Pyology. It's like this pizza keto, place. Pizza place, yeah. yeah. And on the wall, pizza. yeah, they have um, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and it says Wayne Gretzky. And all I think about is Michael Scott, then Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, that's all I think about now. <laughs> Thanks, Steve Carell. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. Um, make sure you go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics at 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard to pick up a copy of Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van soundtrack or Real Nerd Season 1. Yeah. Um, and also a few oh. more comics, I guess. Yeah, I pulled uh, our stuff from Twist and Shout last yeah. week. Why? So you can't get in there anymore. Just because, you know... Exclusive window. Huh? Yeah, it's an exclusive window. And once that window ends, you just pull it. Uh, just cause like if you leave it on the shelf and it doesn't sell, um, like when you do a consignment contract there, um, it's for a certain length of the time and then you can go past that time, but if it goes for too long, they'll just pull it off the shelf and then just give it away for free. Mm. So I figured it'd be better to like have keep it for it. a fan. If, yeah, yeah. Give it to, as a good swag piece or something. Your so. catastrophe Blu-rays look amazing by the way. Thank you. Can someone get those yet? Uh, yeah. I mean. They're in my car right now. So if you see Brad around town, no, you can pick one up. Yep, 15 bucks. I take credit cards and cash. Yeah. They look good. Yeah. Now that green and purple maroon look great. And I'm working on the other 40 dollars films right now. Which everybody should be really happy because Brad, Brad did not use black on it. So that's that's new <laughs> for you. It's such a versatile, versatile color. It is. Anya Frank will be mostly black. So Yeah. Well, it's black and white. And speaking of 40 hour, they announced the dates are July 29th. 30th and 31st. Very cool. So anyone who wants to participate, hit Brad up. That's the weekend. You can email us, realnerds at gmail.com, or do you have a? Do you want them to go through Nebulous Visions? Uh, you can't go through Nebulous Visions, but my site was hacked, and so oh, I that's right. it. I forgot that. So the site's like got Van so, Damme on it, and that's it. So go to uh, realnerds at gmail.com if you want to participate. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So uh, this week. Yeah, we, we're at the yeah. review. Yep. I'm, we 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 change the lineup so often now. I can't keep track of things. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Um, we saw the witch. Brad, should people go see the witch? I don't know, man. Like, it wasn't scary to me, um, but it is like well made and interesting. So it's definitely not for everybody. Um, but yeah, like my attraction to it was that it was actually going to be really scary, and the trailer makes it seem like that. But I was like, okay, this is an art film. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually feel the same way. I think you should see it. I think it's well shot. I think it's very well made. It's. I don't. I don't think it's scary, but there is this weird feeling throughout it. It's definitely unsettling. It's unsettling. Yeah, I, yeah not scary. I'd say unsettling because. Uh, anyways, we'll roll the trailer and I'll talk about it. But yeah, I think you should go see it. What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. this family. just listen to a bunch of like creepy music yeah um i don't remember uh anyways yeah i can't man, i can't remember now you got me thinking i don't think there is dialogue in it yeah so i hope you enjoyed the sounds yeah, yeah hope you enjoyed the sounds uh, the soundtracks i mean the music's pretty good in it uh the movie takes place in 1630 it's about a very devout christian family who are uh i guess thrown out the other uh, thing is like i couldn't understand like the the dialogue is so authentic to the accent mm-hmm. that sometimes they were talking so fast, I couldn't yeah. understand. What it's definitely a movie you need to see more than once. I, I, I think originally it was supposed to come out on VOD and Blu-ray the same day, 
But after it started getting awards, they decided to release it in theaters. And yeah. so I still think it comes out on Blu-ray in like two months. So why were they being banished from their town? Um, because the way they practice their religion... They were just too hardcore. Yeah, it was too hardcore. <laughs> it, like, it didn't mesh with it. And it's funny because you come to America to escape religious persecution and... Still, still relevant today. Still relevant today. <laughs> um, so they they leave... Uh, I, I guess it'd be a settlement. I don't think it's... Or a colony. It's definitely colony, not, yeah. um, you know, a city Shanty yet. Shantytown. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or Shantytown. I mean, because... I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not. there's not very many people there. It's, you know, they're protected by a wall, so it's probably pretty small. So they're forced to fend for themselves and grow their own crops and oh no there is talking in the tra- trailer because the part where she's like boo uh with a baby um <laughs> oh, sorry i just remembered now uh so they go out there and they set up their home and none of their crops are growing and they don't know why they just have a newborn baby and the movie starts getting an eerie vibe i think it's shot really cool like yeah. the, the guy does really cool shots um I, I was reading an article and they said that he's really really particular and you can tell when you watch the film uh, anyways, so the family goes out there, and Thomason, who's kind of uh, the older daughter, and she's basically the main character of the movie. I'd say her and the father are. Um, and she takes the little baby Samuel, and she's playing peekaboo with him. And she closes her eyes and does peekaboo one time. The baby's missing. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then the next scene is this old naked witch literally like car grinding this baby up. Um, I mean, they don't show you her grinding it up, but... Yeah, then like you get the she, idea. She puts like a dagger up to him, and then it cuts to black, and yeah. then it reemerges. Like and, there's this pedestal, yeah, with baby guts all over it, <laughs> like baby chunks, yeah, like in the cylinder, yeah. And then she's rubbing his blood all over her body. And yeah, and the weird thing about this, uh, or actually, I think the thing I really enjoyed about this movie is it doesn't let you in very much. You kind of don't know really what's going on. Um, you see that. Uh, they're being har- uh, harassed by this witch, and you're not sure why. Um, you know, she kind of preys on... Also, the people. girl in the beginning makes some kind of prayer, like, mm-hmm. at the camera. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell, if, like, what what did she say? Uh, was, like, she, oh, she, was, she was a sinner? Yeah, she was a sinner. Because that sets up... What'd she do? I can't, I can't remember, because you're right, it talks so fast. But, um, see, stuff like that it sets up later in the movie, because she's saying she's a sinner, and then her little... Um, brat of a little sister is like you are the witch and then she says i am the witch and she goes on this thing and she goes crazy and but she's acting like she's joking she's acting like she's joking yeah um and you know the kids are afraid of her and her younger brother starting to lust after her because she's starting to become a woman so that's a sin um the dad is prideful that's a sin um the mom is um after her one son dies. I don't forget what her sin is. Um, but basically... Probably wrath because she's yeah, to strangle her own daughter. Yeah, yeah, it's wrath. So um, the kids uh, are sinning because they're lying. Um, mm. So it's it's a big morality tell. And as the witch slowly attacks these people, they, their whole fabric disintegrates and they start questioning their own religion. And eventually... And she uses it against them because that little boy and her... His uh, sister, they go out in the woods to, you know, find food, and you find that, uh, you know, the witch is, I guess, a bunny, and he goes chasing after it, and when he gets lost from his sister, the witch turns into, like, this super sexy witch, because she's using what he wants against him. Um, Yeah, it's a really weird movie. It's really creepy. Not scary. It's just really unsettling, you're not sure what's happening. Yeah. Um, I think the performances are really good. Even more so now, I read that that 
girl who plays Tomlinson, she's from Florida, so she's not even English, and I, <laughs> she does it so well, I didn't even wow. pick it up. Um, I think the father's really, really good in it. Um, you know, the mom gets annoying because she's always sad, but I, yeah. mean, <laughs> I guess if my little boy was kidnapped and couldn't find him, I'd be sad too. Um, but yeah, it's shot really well. It's shot with uh, an ambiance that really helps it. Uh, it's really authentic to the time. Um, you see the hardships that these people have. And then, you know, it takes, I think, about an hour into it is when it gets really good. Yeah. Is when um, the when uh, Sam, uh, not Samuel, uh, what's the other boy's name? Caleb. Caleb. He comes back naked because he had um, <laughs> sex with that witch, I guess, or yeah, I uh, presumed. Guess. Or and was then, molested. Yeah, or yeah. molested or whatever it is. But, you know, he had that really creepy th- thing where he's like, uh, take me, Father. I'm ready, Father. I'm ready, Father. And then he fucking dies. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And those kids can't remember their prayers. And, um, and they, like, pass out. And they pass out. And Thomason, oh, I should say spoilers, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the father is thinking that Thomason's a witch. And he's, she says, no, it's those two kids. They're talking to the goat, the black goat in the <laughs> the farm. And so then the dad locks them all up in the uh the feed house, I guess. I don't know. Or the place where the goats the goat live. Barn. The yeah. goat barn. And and then they have this really interesting exchange between the two little twins. And Thomas Andrews says, does he talk to you? And they say, yeah, he does. And what does he say? And then it cuts away. And uh, and then it gets really crazy. The That night, the mom hallucinates that Caleb and Samuel are back. Yeah, and so she starts breastfeeding uh, Sam, and then it cuts away, and it's like a raven eating her boob. Yeah, You're like oh my god, what the fuck? And then it cuts to the uh, the goat house, and there's the witches there, and she's like eating one of the goats, and then it just the scene just ends, and the next morning the dad comes out, and Thomason's laying on the ground covered in blood. There's like two goats around. There's her. two goats, and they're, they're disemboweled, and there's dead kids. Um, well, you don't see them, but they're killed. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't see their bodies. Yeah, and then the the black goat kills the dad, and <laughs> like Head out of nowhere. <laughs> That's the one part that got me. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, yeah, the movie's just really well done. I think it's a different kind of horror film. It's an art horror film. It's not, you know, super. I mean, it's gory, but it's not like over the top gory. Um, it's pretty raunchy. And then <laughs> it goes from there. The dad dies from the goat. Um, then the mom tries to kill um, Thomason. Thomason, and she kills her mom instead. With the conveniently laid... What? What? I, I forget what it is. I, what did she grab? It's like a... Like a, like a shear or something. It's like one of those when you for potting plants. Like it's Oh, a, a spade? Yeah, I guess a spade. Yeah. Like a mini spade. But, I mean, it's brutal, though, because she first stabs her mom, and she doesn't stop, and then she realizes she has to kill her. Uh and then there's a really weird scene where she goes back and she tries to talk to the goat and you find out he's Satan. Is it Satan? I think it's Satan. Yeah. And uh, I try to figure out like if she was. See, okay. So uh, how I interpreted it is because remember they're talking about how she's becoming a woman and she has to go to another family. I think the witch sensed that and was basically recruiting her to join their covenant. And uh, so she set up her to eventually just so she was innocent up until like towards the end exactly when she had to kill her mom and stuff exactly and then she's like well 
Yep. My family's dead. Yep. I guess I should join these witches. Well, because I forget. What does uh, the goat say to her? He says... Uh, it was like, what do you want? I'll yeah, give you anything. You, anything you want, I'll give it to you. You just have to give your body to me or something. And so she reads the passage from the book, and she walks out to a bunch of witches in the woods. And it, it's a great movie. I th- I, had, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, not scary, unsettling. I thought it shot really well. Um, the music was pretty good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, a different kind of music. There's a lot of that cello, that... Yeah. Rrr, rrr. Um, but yeah, uh, just cool. He had this one shot that really stood out to me was when they were leaving the town, he framed it in between like the two hats, the hats of the kids. Oh yeah. And it's coming out. I thought it looked really good. Um, and you really never saw the witches, um, her face, it kind of, but not really. Um, well, you saw them at the end. Yeah. They're doing the little seance thing. Yeah. They started floating around. You know, reading the rating, it says there's graphic nudity. I don't know what they're talking about. Well, is, it, is it the Raven eating the boob? Is that considered graphic nudity? Yeah, I guess. But then, like the whole yeah, the seance scene, like all those witches are completely naked, and yes. like, you can see Bush and everything. Is, is that considered graphic? Yeah. All right, I just didn't know. I was like, I don't. It's. I thought graphic was always when you saw a dong or something. <laughs> I just don't understand genitals ratings. when you see yeah, genitals. I yeah. I don't understand ratings. It doesn't matter. And also, maybe it's because like there's kind of a fifteen, what fifteen, fourteen year old girl walking mm-hmm. around. Naked. Yeah, yeah. That was the only weird part. Even like the little boy when he was naked. Like this is maybe yeah. it's that one too. I mean, you don't see his dingling or anything, but it's still. Yeah. I, I think that's the point of the film, though. It's you know you're never supposed to be comfortable in the movie. Yeah. Um. Uh, did you have any issues with the film? Just that, like I, I, you know, it moves along, like it's being so authentic. Um. So the accents get really thick. So mm-hmm. I felt like I was missing important parts. I think of the, the movie. dads was hard to follow sometimes. Yeah. Um. Like that when he's when he consoles her by the the tree that's um he's talking about like oh the tree is gonna look so much better in the summer or whatever uh when they start fighting after that like yelling mm-hmm. at each other I was like I, f- I felt like they were explaining important plot points and I was like yeah. shit and I can't go back and watch it <laughs> right away <laughs> like on a DVD so yeah. um yeah I thought it was really good I love when horror films kind of elevate the genre and that's mm-hmm. definitely one that did yeah it's not gratuitous it's like no not at all um all the violence and whatnot makes sense to the plot and mm-hmm. um yeah it's just unsettling yeah not so scary. james like if you're afraid to go see it <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> don't he, worry he went and saw it and i was really oh, interested did? to hear because you know james is the religious one of us and i was interested to see his take on it because it deals with a lot of religious stuff i mean i know it but i don't it doesn't affect me i was wondering if it affected someone who is religious more than it would affect someone like me mm-hmm. um, because I mean, it is creepy when that little boy is, like, saying the prayer and he, like, dies during it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just I was curious to get his point of view on it, but um, I'm sure he'll talk about it when he's back on. Yeah. So, yeah, that was The Witch. Maybe it affected him so much he can't be here this week. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe why he's not here. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I can't even talk about it. It was endorsed by the Satanic Temple of I New York, that. so. I don't know if that's a great endorsement. <laughs> well, if you're trying to promote a movie about <laughs> satan well the director's like i didn't intend this to be promotional for <laughs> yeah this is supposed to be anti-satan <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what you'd consider it they're like thanks buddy our numbers are up you know the witches did fly fly on brooms well i guess sticks <laughs> they flew on sticks that early shot when like uh when she's the witch is like rubbing the baby blood on herself mm-hmm. and then it cuts to that shot of like the woods and mm-hmm. it's like a black circle and then it's like starts kind of disappearing into the moonlight mm-hmm. like was that 
her like on a broomstick yeah or like on a stick i don't think it was a broom but well yeah but yeah because it's like oh he's going for like i thought she was training into a raven maybe i don't know i'll have to watch it again i yeah it'll be one i watch a couple times because i think there's a lot of symbolism in it too that i didn't pick up the first time Mm -hmm. i mean obviously you know when the the goat and satan i mean that's obvious but oh the part where the crow is biting uh, chewing on the mom's boobs yeah all the women in the audience were like really uncomfortable like (laughs) audible like yeah i mean because it's not just nice you like you see it like pulling yeah like oh my god what the hell because see that part's even creepy though too because that caleb is whispering no don't wake father just come sit with us like oh my gosh the fact that he sleeps through like because the his kids in the barn are screaming Mm -hmm. it's weird that he didn't hear that yeah during that scene i don't know if he didn't hear it or if there's a spell or something because yeah, the, the whole scene seemed really surreal to me you know i, I don't know it's something that i have to watch maybe that, hopefully there's commentary on the blu-ray and he can talk about what he was going for and yeah um that kind of jazz so yeah yeah worth looking witch. at yeah that's been explaining the whole movie of the witch yeah it's like you watched it yeah <laughs> um yeah, so next week, uh, either Eddie the Eagle or Gods of Egypt depends <laughs> if I want to see a shitty movie. Or I think Eddie the Eagle looks kind of fun. Or maybe there's some like art thing. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We always do. Yep. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.